Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, host of the podcast. Here with me is Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial planner, a certified financial fiduciary, and a retirement income certified professional. So Lauren, I was doing some digging, reading some articles. You know, there's a lot about social security there on that World Wide Web. Yeah, there sure is. Here's what I found. Here's the headline. Just 11% of near retirees plan to delay social security benefits until 70. What's your first reaction? My first reaction is it goes right in line. It's right in line with our experience. One of the biggest questions that we get from pre-retirees or even people who have been retired a little bit, but they're coming up on that social security decision age time frame, which is age 62, is what do we do? What do we do from a social security standpoint? Because the articles that you're reading are the same articles that they are reading, and these articles are all over the board. They're saying you are absolutely crazy not to take advantage of the 8% increase on your social security benefit from full retirement age all the way up to age 70. But they're also reading articles saying you are absolutely crazy not taking it right away, getting whatever you can out of it because you have no idea how long you're going to live. So it's just a maze of confusion and a maze of information coming from industry people and people who are just coming up on this decision for the very first time. They're saying, what do we do? Yeah, it's overwhelming. There's a lot to think about as you make this social security decision. So what we want to do today is talk about this article. It's an article from thinkadvisor.com. We will link the article in the show notes, but there's some interesting facts in here. And Laura, not only do I want to get your reaction to these facts, I also want you to, to make sense of them for me because some of this stuff I read and I just didn't quite understand. Sure. So I'm guessing maybe some of the listeners out there could use some clarification too if they're reading these kinds of studies. First, let's break down a few of these terms that you're going to read about when you are reading about Social Security. So when are you first eligible to elect Social Security? Uh, most people are f first eligible to elect Social Security at the age of 62. That's when you're eligible to elect your regular benefit. Okay, but I hear a lot of people talk about 65 is kind of the magical time when they should elect their Social Security. And that comes from kind of a legacy decision because the full retirement age for retirees used to be age 65. So a lot of people would think about electing Social Security in the terms of, I'm going to wait until my full retirement age so I get 100% of what I was owed from Social Security. That used to be age 65. So some people still have 65 in their mind. However, for, for most people now, your full retirement age is somewhere between age 66 and age 67. Right, because if you were born after 1960, it's 67. And then just to make it even more confusing, because I do have it here in the notes. So if you were born um, at between 54 and 60, it's like a graduated system. So it can be 66 in one month, 66 in two months. It's a lot to think about. There's a lot to think about, and that's just to determine when your full retirement age is, which is when you're not going to take a reduction in what your Social Security benefit is. If we're actually looking at your Social Security election options between the age of 62 and age 70, if for a married couple, you have up to 81 different election options. And this is how Social Security becomes really confusing for a lot of people because there's a lot of acronyms used within Social Security and that decision that you have to have. F FRA, or full retirement age, is one of those. And how does that differ from PIA, or primary insurance amount? 
so when you're trying to read up on this, it it gets really confusing in a hurry. And even if you go to the Social Security website, it does seem to, I mean, your experience, and I hear this all the time, is you read one paragraph and you think you got it figured out, whatever that question is that you had, that drew you to that paragraph. But then you read the next paragraph and it seems to contradict what you just thought you read. And uh, it's, I mean, it's, it, there's amazing information that can lead to otherwise uh it can lead to decisions that you would rather not have made. Well, let's talk about the dollars and cents of it then. So if I elect at 62, my benefit is a lot lower than if I elect at 65 or if how much lower? If your full retirement age is 66, then you have a, a 25% reduction in your benefits. So, and if your full retirement age is 67 or somewhere in between 66 and 67, then it's a little bit more than the 25% reduction. If you wait, if you, again, going back to full retirement age, if you, if your full retirement age is 66 and you wait until age 70, then you get a 32% increase on what your benefit would have been if you elected at your full retirement age. And if your full retirement age is somewhere between 66 and 67, then it's a little bit less than 32% increase from your full retirement age to 70. And what's magical about 70? The, the only thing that's magical about 70 is that is when you no longer get, they call them delayed return credits. So every month, every year that you wait past your full retirement age, you get a delayed return credit, which basically in English means that your Social Security benefit increases. At age 70, that no you no longer get any more delayed return credits, which is why you would want to turn your benefits on no later than age 70. Okay, so I'm thinking about retirement. We know that a lot of people stay retired for 20 to 30 years. It's expensive to retire. We've talked about that many times on this show. Doesn't it seem like it's a no-brainer then to wait to elect until 70? But only about 11% of people are thinking that's what they'll do. And that's why those articles that you read do make sense from time to time when they say it is a no-brainer. You need to wait till age 70 and get the 8% per year that you do wait all the way up until age 70. But when you put that type of decision and really any of the, the 81 different options that you have to elect Social Security into your overall comprehensive retirement plan, it oftentimes will lead you to a different decision. This is why it's so important to try to avoid making siloed decisions when it comes to your Social Security benefits or really any of your retirement decisions you have to make. Because if you're looking at Social Security alone and you're not considering the investments that you have, you're not considering the income that you need, you're not considering the tax implications of the different income you're taking from all the different income sources that you have, if you're not considering your pension elections that you have, then it could lead you to a decision that you would otherwise regret if you're only looking at each one of these pieces of your plan individually. If you're just doing a Social Security analysis saying, what, if, what happens if you take it at full retirement age versus age 70? Then it could lead you to age 70. But then you put in an age 70 election into your plan and say, you don't take Social Security until age 70, so you're going to have to deliver the $3,000 extra income from your investments and your investments are most likely pre-tax accounts, which means you're going to be taxed on that $3,000 differently than what you would have if you received that income from Social Security. And you see how your investments were depleted much quicker. It might draw you to a different conclusion than waiting until age 70. Also, if we look at mortality, the break-even age for most people to get ahead on their Social Security if they wait until age 70 versus full retirement age is somewhere around age 78. 
Now, it's a little bit different for everybody, but but on average, it's somewhere within that time frame. Okay, let's break that down. I didn't quite understand that. So you'd have to live to 78 to if, if, you break let, that down. Yeah, so if you take your, your Social Security benefit at age 70, let's say your full retirement age is 66. So if you don't take it at 66, you wait till age 70, that's four years of income that you could have been taking from Social Security. Now, you need that income, so you're taking it from your investments as opposed to Social Security. But if you calculate how much of that income that you didn't receive over the four-year time frame from Social Security versus the increase that you would receive by waiting until age 70, then the crossover before you get more money out of Social Security is going to be somewhere around age 78. And you're assuming those investments grew by a certain percentage while they were invested and you instead were taking the money from Social Security. That should be a part of that calculation. However, most Social Security calculators and most people who do that analysis are not even including the opportunity costs of the investment side of that equation. They're just looking at Social Security alone. But that's why we need to take into consideration all of that detail into that decision so you're making a well-informed decision that's just not based on one aspect of your overall plan. Yeah, because I'm thinking if I take money out of an IRA to, to meet my monthly income needs instead of taking a Social Security, not only could I be taxed on that money at full as full income, I also miss out on what that money could have done for me in whatever type of investment it was in. Yeah, absolutely, and also from a legacy standpoint. So when we're talking about what are you going to be able to pass on to your kids or your grandkids? Social Security has a $255 death benefit. So, if, and that's only that's only to your spouse. So, if you're married, you pass away, your spouse receives $255 lump sum, and then if your benefit is more than what your spouse's benefit, your spouse will move to your higher benefit. But as soon as your spouse passes away, all that Social Security income is gone. Your investments. Whenever you pass away, your spouse will get those the, the 100% of your investments, assuming that's how you have your beneficiary set up. And when your spouse passes away, then your kids or your charities or whatever, whoever you want that money to go to, they're going to receive 100% of those invest, investable assets. So when you're making this decision, it's not only an, uh, an immediate income decision, it's a long-term income decision, but it's also a legacy decision because those decisions you make will impact all of those aspects of your retirement plan. And you talked a little bit about mortality rates. When you're helping people make these decisions, do you look at their their personal kind of like health history? And obviously no one knows how long they're going to live, but does is that play into the decision? It absolutely plays into the decision. You look at your current health status, you look at longevity in your family. I was meeting with a family last night and and he was telling me how his mom is still alive and doing really well, sharp as a tack, and she's 93 years old. Wow. His dad had just passed away a couple years ago at the age of 90. Uh, there's a lot of longevity in his family, so do you think we're considering that within his overall, the scope of, of his plan? Absolutely. Uh, and they're currently very healthy, so that is that plays a role in it. Current health status, uh, family uh, health status, all that goes into it. A good place to talk about your specific needs and the social security decision is with a retirement planner directly. You can have a phone call. You can schedule a 15-minute retirement checkup call. Talk to one of the retirement planners here. Ask them about social security. Or maybe you're not even sure about some of the things Lauren mentioned, like your IRA. 
is it taxable? Maybe you have a Roth IRA and you don't have to worry about that specific account being taxable. You can talk directly to a retirement planner about this by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E retire.com. You can schedule a 15 minute retirement checkup call today. And one of my favorite parts about those 15 minute checkup calls is what we're talking about so far is these articles, right? That's just a lot of generic information. Consume it at, at will, uh, and at your own peril because the generic information isn't applicable to you. But in those 15 minute phone calls, we can talk about that generic information, but we can apply it specifically to your situation. And then you can actually get some meaningful impactful information that applies to you that you can use to help it what it is that you're trying to do from a retirement standpoint. Yeah, Lauren, I feel like if I made that call, I could give you five or six pieces of information about me specifically that could help you say, well, here's why 62 might be good for you or 70 might be good for you. Yeah, that's exactly it. And that's why we can accomplish a ton within a 15 minute time frame. And it's not like we're saying, yes, you should absolutely take your benefits at 66 or 67 or 62, but we can gain some information about you, some of the details that you're you're thinking about that evolve, that your situation evolve around and lead you in a direction uh, of where you could be in a better position from an overall decision standpoint and overall confidence about your decision standpoint. And then you can start, we can start talking about what your retirement plan should actually look like. Yeah. Here's some of the different components specifically within your overall retirement plan. Uh, the, here's some decisions you're thinking about doing. Here's the impact it has on your tax plan. Here's the impact that it has on your legacy plan and your long-term care plan. And uh, you can slowly start to put these pieces of your retirement plan together. So we're talking about an article from thinkadvisor.com. We did put a link in the show notes that says just 11% of pre-retirees plan to delay social security benefits until age 70. Lauren, they surveyed about a thousand people and 86% of them knew that the benefit would grow if you can, if you waited till 70, but only 11% said they were going to wait till 70. So then they asked them, well, why? 32% were concerned that social security may run out of money or stop making payments. And with good, that's a good concern because every single year, Social Security comes out with a study saying that they're going to have, they're at a deficit, uh, there's going to be a shortfall, and there has to be some changes made. Otherwise, by the year 2032, and it has been 2033 and 2030, every year it seems to get a little bit closer to when changes are going to have to be made with Social Security. Otherwise, the benefits are going to be reduced by 25% or a significant margin. So that information is out there every single year and people retirees pre-retirees are looking at that saying should i wait is it even going to be there and i can i could tell you with a lot of confidence for those within the pre-retiree range those who are retired already taking on social security i think those benefits as promised are going to be there in a very substantial way and one of the reasons i believe that is because pre-retirees that demographic retirees that demographic they vote and our legislators love their jobs, uh, and it would be complete upheaval if they were to make a change, uh, and you were two years away from making that decision, and you have very little time to make adjustments, or you're already on Social Security, you're dependent, your lifestyle is dependent upon that income. So I think that that is probably very unlikely. Also, there are a lot of different ways that they can make changes to Social Security to uh, address the deficits that 
currently exist within Social Security and not have to impact pre-retirees and retirees Social Security. And we've already seen a lot of those changes take place. Uh, we were talking about the changes that took place with the full retirement age. It used to be you could collect a, collect 100% of your benefits at age 65, and then it went to 66, and now it's 67, and somewhere in between for a lot of ages. That's, so that's one way they, they can make a change. Every single year they make a change as far as how much of your income is subject to Social Security tax. And I can tell you, all they have to do is get away from that limit, and that will help shore up the Social Security deficits significantly. So as an example, this year, if you make any income you make over $147,000 does not get taxed for Social Security. Uh, if they change that limit to 200000 or $3 million, or they just take that cap off, there, there's a whole lot of more revenue that then goes into the Social Security fund. And that has been on the table as far as proposed legislation, and I think that'll continue to be a part of the conversation. But the point is there's a lot of changes. There's a lot of levers that they can pull with when it comes to Social Security insuring up that fund. That is not going to, doesn't have to impact retirees who are already receiving their benefits or those within a short period of time who are eligible to receive their benefits. So, Molly, our demographic, I'm 46, our demographic, there's a whole lot of changes they can make to, to us and we still have plenty of time to prepare for those changes. Uh, our kids, my daughter's 10. <laughs> There's a whole lot of changes they can make to the younger generations who have plenty of time to make adjustments uh, to help shore up that Social Security fund. So I, that's why I lead our, our families, the families that we work with. I say, yes, it's nice to consider options, legislative options that could change it. But su substantially, we should be making our decisions based on existing law. Uh, because there's a lot higher probability of the existing law influencing your Social Security payments as opposed to some of these uh, other wild suggestions that Social Security is not going to be there for you or not going to be there in a very substantial way. Yeah, it's really hard to imagine any politician running on the platform of, of getting rid of Social Security or, or drastically reducing it. No, in fact, there's a lot of politicians out there saying we should increase Social Security. Right. So that is actually a much more prevalent conversation piece than from a, from the politicians than saying uh, for retirees and pre-retirees, we should drastically reduce or eliminate Social Security. Another takeaway from this article, Lauren, that, that's concerning is that about half of the people they talked to said that they do not have a strategy to generate income, but will withdraw money as needed. I do see that. In fact, there is a sentiment that it's just an expectation. Whenever you do retire, you should take your Social Security benefit, whether you retire at 62 or full retirement age, or whenever you're going to retire, you should take your Social Security benefit. And that is just not the reality. But I think part of what leads to that is what is an income plan? What is a retirement income plan look like? You know that you're not going to receive your W-2 income anymore because you're not going to be working. You know that you might have some investments and you could deliver some income from your investments. You have Social Security at your disposal as well. But what does that income look like, that income plan look like to make sure that you can have the lifestyle that you want to when you do retire? But then you also have to take into consideration things like inflation. And inflation is an ever-moving number. Right now it's somewhere around 8%. 
Uh, it could be higher or lower next year. We know three to four years from now it's going to be higher or lower. It's going to be different. So that's a moving target consistently. Uh, taxes is a consistently moving target. And what kind of impact does that have on your spendable income? Because really that's what you're concerned about. You're less concerned about receiving $5,000 a month as far as distributions from your different income sources. You're more concerned of that $5,000 a month, how much do you actually get to keep and get to spend and use towards your lifestyle? Uh, so taxes play a big role in that as well. But this is all stuff that you've never had to worry about before. All you've had to worry about before is let's go to work, let's do a great job, let's get an income, and let's try to increase that income. And, oh, by the way, let's save some money for this later time in life that we're not going to be able or want to work. Uh, and now you're there, or at least you're on the doorsteps, and now you're trying to figure out what do I do? What do I do to deliver the income now and later? And it's a, it's a complex moving target, and that's why a lot of people will default to, okay, I'm not working, I need income, let me just turn this lever on. And it's not necessarily the best way to go for most people. And that's the neat thing about working with a retirement planner, because I know that you and the other retirement planners here at Merkle Retirement Planning put this all out for people. If they want it on the big screen, you put it on the big screen. If they want it on a piece of paper, if they just want to hear it you know, from you, you put it out there and you say, hey, if you take Social Security here, here's what we're going to do to get you to your monthly income needs with your other investments. But if we wait here, here's what happens to your investments. I mean, I'm not real eloquent with that, but I know you map this out for people so they can see what the options look like and how it impacts all of those other pieces of retirement. Because the visuals are so important. It's one thing for us to be on a Zoom call and say, you should do this. You should make this Social Security decision or sit across the table from you and say, you should make this Social Security election of the 81 different options. This is the right one for you. It's a completely different kind conversation when you can actually see it. So when there is a written plan that says, of the 81 different Social Security options, here are the best combination strategies for you, and then you can see why. Here's the immediate impact it makes on your retirement. Here's the long-term impact it makes on your retirement. Then you go into making those decisions with a lot more confidence because you have that visual. You can see it. Everybody's working on off of the same plan and working towards the same goals and it's all written down and that's one of the most important parts of creating a retirement income plan as well as a retirement plan is these decisions you've never had to make before you want to go into those decisions and that decision making process with accurate information that you can count on and so you know you are making the best decisions that you can the first step that you can take to a customized written retirement plan is a conversation. Schedule a 15-minute retirement checkup call today by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com, and talk about building a plan today. This has been Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. I think that's it. <laughs> Merkle Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. Mm -hmm.